Hello and welcome to the Sports Online Podcast, where we talk about football to fishing and everything in between. Today's episode is on Europa League, where we discuss everything from Manchester United versus Barcelona to PSV versus Sevilla and all the drama in between. Hey Samuel, hey Porter, how are y'all? I'm doing I'm good. Well. How are you doing? Doing well. Europa League has been very entertaining, and a lot of big names, which is not something you see every day. Yeah, arguably, I'd say it's probably been better than the Champions League so far in terms of the quality of games. Absolutely. And I'd also uh, say that there have been upsets and not surprising wins, in my opinion. Well, currently, Rennes is playing Shakhtar Donetsk because uh, they went into overtime because of the aggregate. So Rennes scored a goal to make the aggregate 2-2, and now they've gone into overtime. And that's definitely, I was expecting Shakhtar to definitely go through that in a landslide. I don't know about a landslide, considering, because they lost Mudrik, yes? Yeah. So they lost one of their young stars. But honestly, not the most surprising out of all of these results. The one that surprised me the most was Bayern Leverkusen and Monaco. I definitely would have, I thought, I would have thought Monaco would have won. They won on pins. Yeah. It's also crazy how the scores changed. So it was Monaco Leverkusen. Two to three, and the game before that, Monaco Leverkusen three to two. So, honestly, a really uh, insane result. But I mean, I think it's also fair to say. I mean, in my opinion, if I keep saying my opinion, but I mean, I guess in my opinion, if Monaco did not have uh, Ben Yedder, Fofana, and Saar, I definitely think Bayern Leverkusen would have had a better shot. And also, they don't. What do you have, mean, Bayern Leverkusen won? I mean. Uh, they would have won more convincingly. Right. And then for Bayern Leverkusen, I definitely think they would have won better if they kept... Okay, you guys know. Havertz was one. Yeah. What's another Bayern Leverkusen player that left? Well, they still have Wurtz, who's pretty good. Yeah, so Florian Wurtz is one of their, once again, younger stars. And Frimpong. They have Musa really Diaby, but I believe they lost Leon Bailey. Yeah, he went to Aston Villa. So, Leon Bailey was a very convincing starter, along with Musa Diaby. Uh, another result that I think is quite crazy is the PSV-Sevilla lineup. Yes. Yeah. So, PSV won 2-0 today with a red card and still went out on aggregate, which has got to be the most disheartening thing ever. So, you overcome the odds, score two goals with a red card, and still fail to convert a third goal to get into overtime and contest uh, for the win. And and not only that, but they scored their second goal at n- the 95th minute, and then they get a red card in the 97th minute. That's Ah, uh, so it's killed their momentum. Yeah, so um, Luke De Jong scored in the 77th minute, then Fa- Fabio Silva scored in the 95th, and then Mario Jr. got a red card at the 97th minute. Luke De Jong is at PSV? Yeah, he tra- he transferred. From Barcelona? Yeah. No, that's Frankie De Jong. No, no, no. no. Luke De Jong was at Luke Barcelona. De Jong was at Barcelona. That's so bo- crazy. Oh, both of them? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. But no, that's that's quite insane. I, I think the most, uh, the least surprising, rather, resort, uh, result was Michiland versus Sporting. Sporting yeah. 100% was never going to lose that matchup, even though they went into the first game 1-1. Another thing that's kind of crazy to me, 
uh, other than the dog snoring into the mic, is four red cards. Four red cards this just today. Oh, I thought you were saying in one game. I was kind of confused. No. Uh, so the round, the game before that, zero red cards, and then, or sorry, the the day before that, zero red cards, and the following day, four. And I have a question. Uh, well, I know you guys probably know, but uh, have, well, I know the answer to what you guys would say. But have do you guys know a lot about Union Berlin? Because I do not. They're top three right now. They the are. I know it, that, but like, like in the past, do they have anybody? That re- was really good play that played for them. No, not at all. Not that recall. Because their I've... youth is pretty decent, but so they went into this game with. I mean, I don't see any other than Kedira, uh, maybe Rosalon. I really don't see. Oh, Becker, Geraldo Becker. That's the only one I know because he's one of their young talents. But yeah. other than that. I don't know very many, and they're still contesting for the Bundesliga title quite convincingly. And back in October, they beat uh, Borussia Dortmund two to zero, and that's and the, but then they lost to Le- uh, Bayern Leverkusen five to zero. So those are the two. Oh wow! So I mean, I'm not saying that they don't deserve to that they're at the spot like they shouldn't be at the spot they're at, but I just don't know too much about them. Yeah, they're kind of they're an interesting team. They're kind of just you know out of the blue, kind of just started to. They're like Salzburg, and they're yeah. but they're very very they are very good. Okay, I also have to say, even though I know we're talking about Europa League, since I'm looking at the uh, Bundesliga table, this is crazy. If you want to watch good soccer, to listen, well, every soccer is good soccer. Um, but if listeners out there, and for you and uh, for you Porter and you Isaac, the by the Bundesliga table. Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, and Union Berlin all tied at 43 points. And then uh, FC Freiburg at 40. Um, and then you have uh, Leipzig, Red Bull Leipzig at 39. Then I'm pretty sure Frankfurt, yep, Frankfurt at 38. Like, just the top six alone, that's a, that's a great table. Yeah. And then you look at... Well, I'm saying compared to other leagues, if you go over to look at, uh, we'll use the EPL for uh, example. If you go to look at their table, United's catching up is what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. No, it's It's actually really exciting. Seeing Arsenal kind of stuck. Well, as an Arsenal fan, I'm not really happy, but (laughs) they're kind of falling up. Well, they were falling apart. They've kind of, you know, caught their rhythm back a little bit. They're kind of back to where they were at the beginning of the season, I'd say. Yeah, for but sure. It's definitely closed the gap a little more to oh. where the both Manchester teams are kind of getting close. Rennes uh, just scored against Shakhtar Donetsk. Dang. In the 106th minute, so they are currently so going through on aggregate. Ibrahim Salah. Yeah. Oh, so sorry, baby. In our next round, it is looking like Sevilla, Juventus, Leverkusen, Sporting, Union Berlin with the surprise upset over Ajax. I wouldn't say it's an upset. I would say it's an upset. What's an upset? Uh, Ajax. Because they're normally consistently good in any tournament. Not necessarily league play. Yeah. They're normally very strong in league play, but in tournaments, they're a totally different team. Roma going through against Salzburg. Rennes currently going up, uh, going on uh, after defeating Shakhtar. And then Manchester United with a insane result 
beating favorites, no doubt Barcelona. And you know, I, they, I, I definitely think that was a great game. But what about Juventus versus Nantes with Angel Di Maria getting a hat trick? Oh wow! To win three to zero and winning four to one on aggregate. That's pretty nuts. Nantes decided to throw and get a red card in the 17th minute. Getting a post or a pre 30 minute red card is insanely difficult. But that just I that mean, stinks too. Yeah, but Juventus were always going to do pretty well. The thing it the thing that surprises me is Angel's two goals came within with the within the first 20 minutes, which is honestly really impressive. But I want to go back to the Manchester United Barcelona game. Looking at this, Barcelona in Barcelona fashion had more possession. It wasn't a big gap though. Over a hundred passes, uh, not insanely higher accuracy, but still higher. Less fouls, um, and Barcelona had a fifty-eight. Sorry for cutting you off, Isaac, but can you see Barcelona had, in terms of possession, they had fifty-eight percent to Man United's forty-two percent. That's what we were just talking about. Yeah. Oh, is that what you said, Isaac? Yeah. I apologize. You're fine. Uh, what kind of surprises me is, so first and foremost, Fred, in typical Fred fashion, has turned up when nobody expected him to. But Casemiro and Bruno Fernandes on yellow cards caused them to be a little more uh, reserved. And then the starting lineup consisted of Aaron Juan Vasaka, Rafael Varane, Lautaro Martinez, and Luke Shaw as the back line. So no Maguire, no Malasia. Uh, and then... I mean, it's probably better no that they kept Maguire out of there. Eh, probably. But what's got me even more confused is the four-two-three-one. Not a shape I would have expected, especially considering they've got Bruno playing out wide with Sancho in the middle, Rashford. And then I don't know what's going on with Weghorst. He should not realistically be starting at all. I don't even. I didn't. I don't even know who he is. See, if I was in this position, I would put Rashford up top, Sancho and Garnacho out wide, Fernandez in the middle. Definitely keep uh, Casemiro in the midfield. He's been too consistent. I'm a big fan of Sabitzer, but Fred is still consistently really solid. I probably would have gone Dio, uh, Diogo Dallo over Juan Bissaka. Well, they sub they subbed him in. Yeah, but other than other than that one, uh, Diogo Dallo and Wout Veghorst, I would say that this lineup is really solid. I'm surprised they didn't put Shaw in the center back like they had been originally. Well, that that's just to get Malasia into the uh, lineup. Then going on to Barcelona's lineup, Sergio Roberto at left wing. Not not my first choice by any means. Lewandowski, obviously a striker. Rafinha, right wing. That makes sense. Frankie, De Jong, Busquets. Kessie finally getting some game time, which he deserves. And then Kunde, Christensen, Araujo, and Balde. I definitely would have started Marcos Alonso over Balde. And they had Jordi Alba on the bench. Yeah, I did, uh, another player. I, pr- I probably would have started Jordi over Alonso. But he's uh, Jordi's also just getting old. So it's yes. mid thirties right now. I, yeah, I, and it's not that Sergio Roberto's a bad player, but he scored would, the game winner in the Champions League. But mm. why would you put him at left ago. wing? What was it, Porter? 
I said that was a while ago. Well, like sure, but he he still shows that he can. He still showed that he could do Something. what needs to get done. Yeah. Didn't didn't Sergio Roberto mainly play right back? No, he played left back. Albo played right back. Does not play. No, Jordi Alba played left back. They they would alternate. Uh, it was never consistent. But I could have sworn that Jordi Alba's main position was left back only because in FIFA. I was going to say in FIFA he's left back, but Sergio Roberto is also left back if I'm not mistaken. So it like I, I would said, be surprised. It, yeah. Why isn't uh, Alonso? I know. I, Marcos Alonso, Jordi Alba, Ferran Torres, and Ansu Fati on the bench. Not my first choice. They put Alonso at left wing. Oh, that's true. They did. Which is weird. Another, yeah, once again, weird choice. I definitely... And then they took Araujo off to go for a three-back to try to get back into the game. Definitely starting Ansu Fati over Roberto. Ferran Torres, not necessarily over Rafinha, but... To be more attacking, I'd probably take Kessie off because um, Busquets has just amazing vision. And then I just I would have started Marcus Alonso and Jordi Alba. Yeah. Other so, than that, I would not have complained as a Barcelona faithful. Credit to United. They have upped their depth quite a bit this past couple months with the January transfer window and everything closing. Yeah, and a lot of players that – we were not expecting, like, Diogo Dallo was on loan for a while. I wish Andreas Pereira had worked out, but we have Anthony Alanga, who's done the exact opposite. He's gone. He's arguably gotten worse, although he's still consistently good when he's on the field. Scott McTominay has shown he's good. Garnacho has really shown up when it matters. Anthony had a little stint, but he's back. Tyrell Malasia, once again, absolutely elite. Um, I, I would like I would get rid of Lindelof and Maguire if I was Manchester United just because people will pay money for Maguire just because of how good he was. That's something a lot of people focus on when it comes to value is how good they were, not how good they are. And then Lindelof just hasn't done anything. I think they should keep Lindelof just for the sake of he he still has ability. Thing with Lindelof, he's. He's significantly more skillful than Maguire. Maguire is just like, you know, your average I don't know English if I could agree with that simply because of how well he does for his nation. Yeah, but at the same time, if he can if he can't do it in a club standpoint, then he shouldn't be there. But thing with Victor, he can perform he he performs better than Maguire for sure, at least in the club. I I just wanted to ask mm-hmm. um for Barcelona, I, I, and no, you know, I know there might be Chelsea fans watching. Well, I know there's a Chelsea fan watching, but is Marcus Alonso really that good that you would have started him? Because when he played for Chelsea, I thought that I didn't, I thought that he didn't perform very well. He at Chelsea. was not an attacking wing back. He was just very good. He was a veteran. Uh, think. What's he was a like a analogy? Trent. He's like a Trent. No, because he would still work back in defense, whereas Trent is kind of in la-la land. But He's like a Robertson sort no, of. No, I'd argue that Marcus Alonso, if you were to compare it to other sports, he would be like a, an Ortiz in his last few years where he wasn't doing he wasn't putting up crazy numbers, but he was still very knowledgeable and passing on to the younger generation like in terms David of like his knowledge. Like yeah. David Ortiz in baseball? Yeah. So, like, he wasn't putting up record-breaking numbers, but he was still good. 
uh, or I'd probably say like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Once again, very good when he's needed to be good, other than a couple instances where it's a bit iffy. But he's done a lot for Chelsea. I so. definitely think that the Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better one because David Ortiz was good for his entire career. I'm not... Yes, I'm saying he wasn't putting up record numbers in his last few seasons. He was not breaking records. Again, I don't really know much about David Ortiz, but I could see where Isaac's coming from. I think you're caught up in the hype because he was not, by any means, a an Aaron Judge. Well, I'm just curious uh, what his... Like he, he was like a... He was like a Poyos. Like, he, he wasn't doing it... Well, I mean, Poyos is still doing crazy stuff, but he's not putting up, like, Aaron Judge stats. Right, that's, still, that's my point. He's still an elite-level player. Just consistency. David Ortiz, Marcus Alonso, they were very consistent. Uh, I agree with that because... And and David Ortiz, his last years, he was... Av- last three years with Boston, he averaged... 35 home runs, 37 home runs, and 38 home runs. And his career high is 54. Okay, well, back to the subject of Europa League, because I'm sure David Ortiz actually watches this quite a bit. So, I mean, who knows? We could get him on the show. I actually do think that he watches soccer. I, w- I would not be surprised. Because he's, he's Dominican? Costa Rican? I know he's from an island. Is he from... I think Dominican Republic seems right. I believe he's Dominican. He could be from uh, the Bahamas. I will fact. He could be from the Bahamas. No, no, he's definitely either Dominican or Costa Rican. But I want to jump to the Roma-Salzburg game. Simply because... Dominican Republic. Yeah, okay, so Dominican. But the Roma-Salzburg game, I just want to talk about the fact that Jose Mourinho refuses to go away. Yeah. So... Moving from one Manchester United to another, it's insane what he's doing with this team. So he Dybala has, is back at his best. So he has a Dybala who has all of a sudden decided to get good again. And a Belletti who's a... Uh, yeah, and Andrea again. Belotti who... Because he was at Inter Milan, right? He was... Uh, he, he was definitely Milan. It was like Torino. Or is, it was Torino. Was it Torino? It, it might have been Torino. Torino. Yep, I think you're right. Anyway, Belotti... And Pellegrini has been class. He's yeah. he's been very he's been like a Casemiro for United, just very very good. Matic, although is in there. yeah, Jorginho. Nemanja Matic has been really really good, despite being like thirty seven. Chris Smalling, yeah, Chris Smalling's been again, amazing. Chris Smalling going to Roma was probably one of the best things that could have happened. And then same with Rui Patricio, because looking at Wolves, it is a bad place to be at the moment. Yeah, but Salzburg with. Okafor, um, Adamu, they've got an interesting bench. Not very many names that I recognize, but on the Roma side of things, Stefan El Shalarwe has shown that he is not in any uh, stance to go away. Wijnaldum? And then, yeah, Wijnaldum is at... Gini Wijnaldum is at Roma, and... He's not plan- panning out to be what everybody was expecting, you know, the Liverpool midfielder who's going to do amazing things at PSG and then just drop the bag. Oh, 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 uh, I have an update. 
uh, Shakhtar has scored in the 119th minute. Whoa. Aggregate tied 3-3, three to three, 119th minute. It was an own goal. Oh, no. So we are on to the 119th minute, which means in one more minute, we are going to pins. Oh, that man is going to get slaughtered. It depends. Yikes. If they win, then they're going to be like, you got lucky. Well, man. it's weird because he scored a goal, and then he owned gold. Oh, Toko Akambi's on Rennes? Oh, I didn't know that. But uh, back to your to the conversation, sorry. I wanted to say, um, and I think, Isaac, you, you, we, we're talking about consistency. Sharaway, mm-hmm. um, is that how you say his name? Sharaway. He's been, I think... He's always been consistently somewhat of a good player. Oh yeah, of course. And as and I know Roma with um, Jose Mourinho. I think Jose Mourinho has always been a somewhat of a good coach, but somewhat of a good coach. He's always been he's a good been coach. He's been class. one of the best. Well, I know he had ever. some some other seasons where he. Well, sure, but he has also been dealt some very bad hands. Yes, agreed. First season at. Uh, Chelsea won them the Premier League first season at Real Madrid. They won the La Liga uh, first season at uh, Porto. Or no, it was one of his first seasons at Porto. They won the Portuguese League and they won the Champions League. At really, yeah, they won the. Ch- he's he won them their second ever Champions League. Who's another team's won? He's won. Oh, Enter Enter Milan. The and second Ta- season he was there, he won them the treble. Tottenham, Tottenham. They didn't. They didn't really win anything, but his earlier career, when he was at um, Inter, he won the Scudetto, they won the Italian Cup, and they won the Champions League. Did he coach Bayern, or is that just Pep? It's just Pep. Okay. I don't, I don't think he's ever been to Bundesliga. But um, I, I just want to say that Roma has a lot of catching up to do to catch up to Napoli. Well, um, I don't think it's going to happen. No, they're never going to catch up to but Napoli. But who knows? I mean, and I, I, I do agree that Jose is a very good coach, and I think they could. It could be like a, um, like Mans. Well, Mansi. I mean, it's probably if Napoli a bad example, don't but. win the league, it's going to be the biggest, I think, choke in all of football. In you don't think there's ever been something like that before? I, okay. So At least Napoli is 15 points ahead, right? Yes. How many more games are left? It's like. It's 38 weeks, so 15. Okay, so they've got 15 games. So they definitely could still throw, but... It's going to be very hard to do that. Currently, since Milan, Inter Milan, is in second, behind 15 points, Napoli would have to be five games... They would have to lose five more games than Inter Milan. No draws. They'd have to lose five more games than Milan loses. If Milan draws, they're losing more points. So, Milan is 15 points behind. If they draw every game and Napoli loses every game, they still don't win because goal differential will probably not pan out because they're also 24 ga- uh, twenty-four goals behind in goal differential. Like, Napoli has been unstoppable. Okay, so hypothetically, let's say, just for random reason, okay, Napoli and Roma... Are tied at the end of the season, eighty-one points to eighty-one points. Okay, what happens? Uh, is this the end of the season? Yes. So, or like are the they end. playing off in week thirty-eight? Yes. So or no, they don't play at all. Like, for, would there be okay. a title game if they didn't play no. the last week? So, if they're tied at eighty-one points, it goes to goal differential. 
And currently, Roma is 30 goals behind Napoli in goal differential. So, like I said, Napoli has forty has scored 41 more goals than their opponents have scored against them. Wow. That stat line is a bit nuts when you think about it. it and is. it translates to Champions League football because Napoli, I believe, is in the Champions League, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they are. And does Napoli still have Cooley? No, Cooley Bali's at Chelsea now. Yeah. Uh, once again, if we look at the Serie A, Napoli's lineup is a sleeper team. I agree. I definitely agree. Like, so they have Kovica, Kvaratskelia, Victor Osimhen. Those two alone. The, they're not, they haven't been regarded as amazing players, but Kim they're definitely. Jay yeah. Been Kim close. and Jay has been insane. Lozano, insane. Raspadori has been solid. Uh, Andre Frank Zambolangisa has been really good. Tanki and Domele has really done nothing. Zelensky has been solid. Uh, Marco Rui has been solid. Di Lorenzo has scored important goals. Palitano has not done a much, but he's still a good player. So they have is a lot of Juan depth. Juan Jesus is really good too. Yeah, he's actually really solid. But then you go and look at Roma and their players. They have Dybala, Bolotti, you're right, Torino Porter. Tommy Abraham. Uh, they have Tammy Abraham. Sorry, Tammy. Uh, eh. And I was looking at El Shirawe's stats. They're not great. Oh, really? Smalling has done fantastic. Matic has been solid. Pellegrini, Karsdorp, Ibanez, oh, Patricio. Spinozola has been really good. Uh, yeah, Diego Llorente. Has Is that the brother of Marcus Llorente? N- I don't believe so, but uh, could get a fact check on that for me. Yes. But no, that Roma, Roma has shown that they can still stick around, which has been a very... A very interesting storyline for most of this year. And then looking at more Europa League stats, the matches, the matchups. What do we think the matchups are going to be? Like, who who do you think moves on to the semifinals? Uh, who I think moves on to the semifinals? Yeah, so uh, on your screen, assume that the teams on either side play each other. Oh. And then also assume that um, we'll say it's like assume, uh, no. Assume Rennes wins. So Rennes, Manchester United. Who do you think wins? Man United. Samuel. Sorry, I just want to say real quick. I'm pretty sure that the Laurentes are brothers, and yeah. So the Laurentes, I'm pretty sure, are brothers. Now that I look at it, and what game are we looking at? Rennes, Manchester United. Who do you think wins that matchup? Assuming that Rennes wins. Rennes. Um, I would say probably Manchester United. Okay, Union Berlin and Roma. Uh, I think Union and Berlin. Yeah, I want Union, Union, whatever you say, Berlin. <laughs> Union, Berlin. Uh, I've got to go with Roma, personally. Leverkusen and Sporting. That's going to be a tough one. I would love to I see. I think Leverkusen, just would love base up their competition. I would love to see Sporting win that one. I have to go with Leverkusen. Bundesliga has taken over in Europa League, but not so much in the Champions League. Juve versus Sevilla. 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 Or not Sevilla, of Juventus. Sevilla. I think Sevilla They won, won Europa League last year, I believe. It was, La- it was Sevilla and Leverkusen. They won some at some last point. Year. I know it's, yeah. Yeah, I think it was either last year or the year before. Because Villarreal. Oh, yep, yeah, you're right, you're right. Via. 
Villarreal. Or, no, no, no. Villarreal no. was in the Champions League last year. They made it to the semis. Yeah, so they were they won the Europa League the year before that. It might have been is, was it Frankfurt? Yes, it, it was Frankfurt, but I forget who they. I think they did they play Sevilla. I'm pretty certain they played Sevilla, because that's how Frankfurt is in the Champions League this year. Okay, I have to ask of a United fan as yourself. Okay. Is and I know there were talks about it before, but mm-hmm. is there any way that Chris Smalling will? Is because no. he's not on loan. Is no. he, Would you think it'd be worth trying to get him back? Um, I don't know. I don't know if he fits the oh. scheme very well. So the Europa League final was. Frankfurt versus the Rangers. That's from right. Scotland, I forgot about that. Which was very, which I think is very cool. Seeing that you know they're kind of getting back to where they were, you know, forty years ago. Yeah, no, because uh, Celtic is not putting up a fight yeah. at all. Who did the Rangers have that were really good? Tavernier and Kent. And was Gerard the coach then? Yes, he was. He won the he's won the league for the first time with them, and then he went on to. Aston Villa, where he got sacked, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Did he go back? No, I don't Rangers? believe so. But, yeah, no, Gerard and Lampard have not done anything with their managerial careers. But you know well, who has? Who? Vincent yeah. Company. He is number one on the championship table with Burnley. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Thing is, I think Gerard has proved a lot more in making it to a, a European final, European Cup final. And winning the league. And I think they won the domestic cup, too, for Scotland. Yeah, but the Scottish league is not exactly competitive. It's Rangers, Celtic, and then a distant third place. Yeah, true. But, I mean, still, it's to do that well in a European competition against teams that play in harder leagues is pretty impressive. No, for sure. It's really uh, – they did really, really solid. Um, I'm interested to see who's in the Europa League – uh, who first and foremost? I think Manchester United or Juventus for winning the Europa League. That's that's probably the final. It's in probably because you're a United fan, but you know, I think Arsenal. Arsenal has a chance. I think if to it's win Arsenal, the Europa League. Yeah, they're in the Europa League. They're having the bye because they got number one in their um, their division. Oh, they're great. Really? Hold yeah. on. Wait. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. No, there's sixteen teams here. It's round of sixteen. The top. This is a playoff. The top teams in each group, uh, they get like a bye week. And then whoever wins these out of these two games goes on to the actual. Okay. Because yeah. so, I was wondering about that. If you look at the standings, you can see like the, the blue. Right, right, right. No, I, I noticed that. But yeah, we will have a continuation of the Europa League once we get on through this portion. And we'll, we'll run it back along with Champions League. But all in all, it was really awesome to get to talk with you all about the Europa League. And uh, yeah, God bless y'all. We'll see you on the other side.